Welcome to the Winning Drive Podcast, where Parkland USA employees discover the tools, strategies, and resources to increase safety, productivity, and success. Here's your host, Ben Fanning. And welcome back. Want to grow your career at Parkland USA? Well, if you're a yes, then this episode is for you. It's just too easy to get caught up in your daily responsibilities and then forget to consider the bigger picture. And that's where these important insights today from Laura Varn, Vice President of People and Culture and Communication, comes into play. Don't miss this open and honest conversation, including the very origin of the Winning Drive podcast, and we even dive into her passion for Jimmy Buffett. Enjoy. Hello, Laura. Welcome to the Winning Drive podcast. Thank you. It is great to be here with you, Ben. So this is a big, big day for the podcast because you know we've had Doug Hawk, the president, on a couple times, and now we finally get Laura Varn. And so everyone, this podcast you're listening to is actually the brainchild of Doug and Laura and them thinking up how to you know reach out and inspire. But what I'd like to do, Laura, is give them uh, maybe give a little bit of insight on how this all came together and and uh, what your perspective is on the whole podcasting thing. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. So earlier in the year, Doug and I were were thinking about how can we engage our employees even more, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we firmly believe that the more employees know what's what's going on with the company, that are engaged with that, they can really be advocates for the company, and there's a good way to have that two way dialogue. Like that's what we wanted. Mm-hmm, uh, especially, mm-hmm. frankly, with our drivers, because yeah. they're not behind the computer. And uh, so for our drivers and our C-Store employees, if there was a, a unique way that we could have them listen in a safe way you know, while they're driving yeah. or while they're driving to and from work. Mm-hmm. So that's how the idea originated. And we've been really pleased to be able to showcase all of our great you know, talented employees through this channel. Yeah, and boy, has it been a lot of fun. It's 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 interesting. We've waited so long to get you on. The anticipation's been building, and we finally get you <laughs> on the show. You know, and it's been interesting though. Like the y'all, the a lot of the a lot of the people we have on, from drivers to people uh, in continuous improvement to executives in the company. You know, Laura's a person who's going out and uh, really thinking about, you know, the right mix of people and different levels and different topics and stuff like that. So thank you. Well, thank <laughs> Thanks you. For I your work on it. You know, we are so proud of the employees we have here. It's, it is a dynamic, creative, yeah. intelligent group of uh-huh. folks that, that are really responsible for all the success that we have been having and mm-hmm. will have mm-hmm. in the future. It's just wonderful to see it all bloom. So, so let's build upon that. Uh, you do more than just thinking about podcasting. Uh, what what is your <laughs> chief, chief podcast officer? Uh, what is the uh, what what is your role at Parkland? So my official title is Vice President of People and Culture and mm-hmm. Communications, which is a mouthful. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of different stuff. So tell us about is, that. What it essentially means is I am responsible for helping to uh, really improve business results through shaping mm-hmm. the culture, uh, through cultivating talent, and sharing our story, both inside and outside of the company. Mm-hmm. Well, so one of the challenges of that, of course, is you all have been growing a lot organically, but also by acquisition. And so you've, it, 
what, like, how do you think about like shaping a culture when you're bringing people in from other cultures and you're kind of bringing them into parkland? I mean, what's sort of your vision about what the parkland culture uh, can be in the future? Yeah, I mean, that's one of our most dynamic and interesting challenges and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Days. Uh, you're right. When I when I started with Parkland about three years ago, we had 300 employees in the United States, and as of now, we're over 2,500. In I mean, three in, years, in three oh my years. gosh, 300 to 2,000. Yes, mm-hmm. and so you're right. A lot of that has been through acquisitions. We've had about 17 of them to date, um, and looks like no signs of of that stopping. And we've grown organically a lot too, and so the real the real opportunity is how do you how do you truly form a one Parkland team yeah. and one Parkland mindset? Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to lose the special sauce of the culture of the companies that you're acquiring, right? Like, mm-hmm. There's a reason that they're successful, and that's why we want to bring them into the company. So yeah. you don't want to lose that, and and you want to also infuse the Parkland values and bold behaviors and resources on top of that, and that's the real leadership. You know, opportunity there is taking folks that that may have been competitors, you know, a month ago that are mm-hmm. now on the same team, and how do you really get them to open up and trust and build relationships to help really form a, a strong competitive force in the industry? Wow, yeah, it's like you're creating the super force. That's the <laughs> goal. Park, That's the goal. The super force. Yeah, to get everybody <laughs> to come together, and yeah. So obviously, we talked about the bull behaviors. Those because talked about those in the, in the podcast. And that's really big. And it sounds like, you know, you're all really driving that across the different acquisitions. But I like the idea, too, of taking, you know, the the people in the best of other cultures and using them to sort of make a super culture. <laughs> make a super what I culture. love the most about it is all of the real tremendous growth opportunities that are there for employees. I mean, that is truly one thing that we talk about a lot at the beginning, and it comes to fruition pretty quickly. And, and that's what I love the most hmm. with some of these acquisitions are these great talent that we bring into the company. And then we're, you know, soon after they get promoted into some other roles. Um, some of them are national mm-hmm. roles that that didn't exist a few months ago that we now need, you know, as we grow and scale or they're, we're challenging them into some different roles than perhaps they were doing. But I think that's yeah. when people grow the most and that's what helps the business succeed the most. Yeah. Grow, someone said growth is what happens when you get out of your comfort zone. And uh, for somebody that's been used to doing one kind of job and now, hey, you're at Parkland and we need you to try this or add this outside your comfort zone, you go. You know, it, that's it's where the something I'm is. sure we'll talk about later in the podcast, then, but I think the ability to change and adapt is mm. one of the most important skill sets uh, to be at Parkland today. Yep. And we're going to spend some time on that uh, in this episode and the next and, but before we get too far in that, I really, you know, people have been getting emails from you and <laughs> communications from you. <laughs> so let's hear a little bit more about Laura. So where did you grow up and tell us about your first job? Sure. So I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. So I'm a Midwesterner by birth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? um, I always say Columbus was a, a great place to be from. <laughs> Uh, not going back anytime soon. Not, not playing. <laughs> no. I don't miss those winters one bit. Um, but it was. It was a, a great, you know, great loving family. Uh, my my parents still live there. They they just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Um, I'm I'm the oldest of three girls. And you know, my mom is the oldest of eleven, and my dad's one of seven. And so I grew up 
wow. with a lot of family around. I mean, I, huh. I, I've lost count of how many cousins I have. So, you know, you definitely learn a lot about teamwork and collaboration and you know, um, how to get along with folks. But it was a great place to grow up. And um, yeah, my first job, let's see, my very, very first job, I was a hostess for a Bob Evans restaurant. Yes. Um, Frontline worker right there. What's that? Frontline worker, right on the front lines of Bob Evans. Yes. So we had to wear these long red polyester skirts and I would help (laughs) feed everybody to their their, their Uh seats and and handle the the money coming through. So um, that was my first official job. My my first professional job, it was such a blessing to get this job. I was the spokesperson for MARTA. And MARTA is the military system in Atlanta. Yeah. So when I graduated from Ohio University... Um, ended up coming down to to Atlanta for this role, and it was during the Olympics, the 1996 Olympics. And so, at, at a very young age, I found myself in just this great opportunity because Marta was the official provider of public transportation for the Olympics. And so, I got to interact with um, local, national, international media on a regular regular basis, and it really set off my career to be honest. So talk about being in the right place at the right time. And, and that was going through tremendous change too. um, I got there in 94, the Olympics were in 96. So the two years leading up, we were building rail stations, Mm -hmm. revamping our bus system, you know, really getting everything cleaned up and ready and new programs and initiatives. So being able to handle a lot of complex change at once to get ready for the world stage was an incredible learning opportunity for me. And the other thing I'll say, it, just by virtue <laughs> virtue of the role, mm-hmm. um, I was on the leadership team, and I was one of two women, and I was one of three whites, and I was probably the youngest by thirty years. And and that in itself taught me so much wow. about just being in the workplace and leadership and working with people. Hmm. Um, so it was a tremendous collaborative. You know, learning environment. I'm very appreciative of that. Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, talking about baptism by fire, one, you're speaking for Marta and two, it's right before the Olympics and three, I mean, that thing's growing like crazy because you're getting mm-hmm. already, I mean, what an amazing experience and it's in the logistics industry, yes. which is, uh, which you're, you know, Parkland's got a healthy dose of that. It's you know, they got the convenience store side too, but all the, all the folks out there driving stuff around, I mean, you know that you know the industry there. Yeah, it was it was That's really cool. a tremendous experience. So yeah, I think I've always geared towards the, the transportation or aviation logistics energy space. I, I, mean, I love it. It just gets in my blood. Yeah, I love the sounds like fast paced you know, nature of it. We are looking for drivers. Know a safe CDL licensed driver. Refer them to Parkland USA, and if we hire them, you'll get an employee referral bonus. Bonuses range from $1,000 to $2,000, depending upon the rock and the need for drivers. Please spread the word and let your dispatcher or people and culture manager know of any potential leads. You are listening to the Wedding Drive Podcast. Now back to the show with your host, Ben Fanning. So, so after that, you know, you you get that amazing experience, and then you know, maybe walk us through quickly your your path to Parkland. Sure. So after that, um, I went to Delta Airlines and uh, also in the communication space. That is my background is corporate communication mm-hmm. and, and my degree. So I went to Delta and was doing some great work there. 
And then after that, um, Southern Company came to me. Southern Company is one of the largest electric utility Mm -hmm. um, companies in America. And I was there for about six years, also in the media relations department, and loved it. I mean, really got into the the energy business at that point. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it's definitely not what I originally thought it was when I before I was in the energy space, I thought it was a bit of, you know, your grandfather's old electric utility. And it's not, we had a very dynamic CEO at the time. I got into the electric vehicle space pretty largely. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really learned how fundamentally important energy is, you know, and that's really mm. from a purpose perspective that is ingrained now in my DEA that I, you know, energy is such a necessity, certainly, mm-hmm. but I also believe it's, if we as leaders in the industry can figure out energy even better, it could solve a lot of the world's problems from poverty to water mm-hmm. uh, to everything else. So it's, um, it's a real responsibility and an honor to be in the field. Wow. So it seems like uh, you consider, you know, what you're doing now in the mission of the company almost to be like a higher calling for the, for the world. I really do. I, I firmly believe it impacts our quality of life as U S citizens. And, and that's, that's meaningful and impactful. And I think it matters to all of us. The work we're doing is certainly more than a paycheck, that it really has purpose and mm-hmm. it has an impact. And, and I certainly feel that way. So yeah, at Southern Company, mm-hmm. uh, while, while I was there in Atlanta is where I met my husband, Scott, and he grew up in Hilton Head. And I think with me growing up in Atlanta, or I'm sorry, growing up in Ohio with the, with the winners, we were both ready at that point uh, to move to a bit of a smaller community community. Uh, further down South. And so mm-hmm. uh, we moved to Charleston, South Carolina, where we've been here now for 17 years. And I got a role of leading corporate communications for the state's largest electric utility. So I was there for about 15 years. Uh, you know, During that time, pivoted into the HR space, which again, we can talk about from a change perspective, what that meant. But that was super important because that led me really to being here at Parkland. Mm-hmm. So I was asked to uh, go into the HR space to really help transform it. It hadn't been, hadn't been touched in about 25 years. And those that know me know that I am a bit of a, a person who always wants to make things better and, and how can we continue to, to improve? So it was a, a great challenge. And after about mm-hmm. four years, we were able to, to really transform it into what I'd call from the, the manual to the modern. Uh, but after that, I was I was ready to take on a new challenge, and I had always wanted to do consulting work for myself and open up my own business, and so I did on the, in the HR and communication space. And during that time is when Parkland found me. They they were looking to grow in the U.S. and needed somebody uh, to help really get some foundational elements in place on both the HR and communication space. And again, I was mm-hmm. fortunate that uh, that Doug was in Charleston, I was in Charleston, so we had connected up and started doing some consulting work. Wow. After, I don't know, after four or six months, he asked if I'd come on board full time. And like, wait a minute, this is going to require a lot more than just some consulting. They quickly became my largest client just due to the the volume of work. But, but that's what excites me and, and, and Mm -hmm. why I chose Parkland. Um, The ability to shape and grow something on a national scale Mm -hmm is something I hadn't had the career opportunity to do yet. And it was just too appealing to do that. So be, between that and, you know, really felt great about 
um, certainly Doug's leadership. You know, I mean, he is he is one of the best in the industry. It's it's an honor to to work with him and the other people that I met with Parkland. It was just a great cultural fit. And we've been rocking along ever since. Yeah, no, no doubt. And the momentum continues. So looking back over this path that you just described to us, uh, it's kind of a bigger question to think about, but looking back at Laura, you know, years ago, and you got, say, someone kind of up and coming, what's the bit of advice that you would give them if they're early in their career? Mm. Couple, couple things come to mind. One is not to sweat the small stuff. Hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. I was when I was starting off in my career, uh, I took things way too seriously. You know, I, I probably still do, which is <laughs> something I need to work on. But I took some things, things do need to be taken seriously, like some things safety, do, right? Some things do, but what, <laughs> but, what, I, yeah. what I finally realized is, you know, to ask myself a couple questions is, you know, if, if something doesn't go right that day, is it is it truly going to matter? In five years, Ooh. usually the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Is it going to matter in one year? Mm-hmm. Probably not. And then even get to the point: is it going to matter in five days? And, and that helped me a lot put things in perspective. And, and that's that's been a good thing. So that's one thing. The other thing I would really encourage my younger self more is to to just continue to lean in where there are opportunities. Mm. You know, there were some opportunities mm-hmm. that that I think I could have gone after, but I didn't feel quite qualified for them. And looking back now, I should have just put my hat in the ring and see what would happen. Mm-hmm. So those would be the probably the two p- biggest pieces of advice that I'd give myself. Yeah. A lot of wisdom there. And a lot of that, you know, translates you know, to people here at Parkland too, you know, thinking about that in their career, because especially throwing your hat in the ring, you know, as an employee in a growing company. It sounds like they're just opportunities abounding and some people might be concerned about, I don't know, like moving to a different area or not being as experienced. Uh, what, uh, what's your advice to them? My advice would be to say yes. Hmm. You know, yes is probably one of my most favorite words ever. Say yes to yourself hmm. and say yes to the opportunity. Hmm. Because each opportunity that you take will lead to bigger and better successes. If I hadn't said yes to the opportunity to get into the HR field, I wouldn't be doing the role that I am today. And I'd really be missing out on that. So I think the more that people can, can really grow and stretch outside their comfort zones. I mean, that is where you Hmm. do grow the most. That's when you're alive the most, frankly. Um, You know, I think if, if it becomes too comfortable and status quo, you're doing yourself a disservice. And there are going to be so many opportunities within Parkland. I mean, <laughs> there really are, are roles that we are talking about now that, that we haven't needed and we do now. And so mm-hmm. those people that are willing to, to raise their hand and say, yeah, I want to take that on. And I'm, I'm comfortable with ambiguity and I'm comfortable with, you know, organizational chaos right now. <laughs> um, those are the folks that are really mm-hmm. going to thrive yeah. with where we are. Uh, but you got to put yourself out there and that's, you know, that's some risk taking. I think if, if you are comfortable being in that space, you know, when, when I'm looking to, to hire some folks, you know, I always try to ask them, like, how comfortable are you with, with having some things not all ironed out yet? You know, if you want to come to a company where all the processes are in place, all the systems are working perfectly, and the business is built out and you're maintaining it, like Parkland is not the place for you. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, and some people yeah. really, really need to have that and do really well at that. And that's, that's great, mm-hmm. but that's not where we are. The, the joy and the excitement and the challenge is building something really special, very big and collaborating with, with amazing talented folks to do that. So if you can operate in that space, I think the sky's the limit for you here. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like a great place to be from that energetic standpoint and people yeah, I mean it's it's not going to be the a routine thing every day, and for a lot of people that they may be wanting that. But if you want to go on the ride of your life and leave leave an exciting legacy, and you want to be sitting around the dinner table at night with your family, tell them about all the cool stuff you did. Sounds like Parkland is the place to be. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about Laura outside of work. Uh, you obviously have had a lot of a lot of success. And some cool adventures inside of work from Atlanta and whatnot. But what are you doing outside of work? What do you do to sort of blow off steam when you're not uh, working for Parkland? Yeah, I'm really lucky to be living here on the by the ocean in, in Charleston. And so we love doing anything outside. I mean, the weather's mm. usually great here. We're fortunate to have a, a boat. We're out on it most weekends. <laughs> um and I'll, I'm a rabid college football fan, so this is my season right here. Um, I right, tell tell us more about that. Which about your team? Well, so I I'm an Ohio State Buckeye, you know, by birth, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm a Clemson football fan by marriage. So, uh, which creates some really interesting challenges because the yep. past few years Clemson has beat the Buckeyes more years than I'd care to admit. My family reminds me of that on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. So, um, but love, love college football. I'm also a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. So I am oh, a all right. parrot head. Parrot uh, head. Yes. I've been to about 25 Jimmy Buffett concerts. <laughs> um, I've got, I got engaged to the you know, Buffett concert. So oh, wow. it is the best people watching you'll ever find anywhere. <laughs> mm, I've been to only two shows, but I can, I can, agree, I will definitely agree with that. It is some great <laughs> people watching. Yeah, there's something about seeing grown men in a grass skirt that uh, just kind of makes you smile, right? It's just funny. A, fu- a funny story. I was going to my first uh, Jimmy Buffett concert in Atlanta at the outdoor amphitheater there. Is it Lakewood? Yeah. Is that the Lakewood? Yes. Lakewood. And uh, I was going with a friend who'd been to num- numerous shows, and I was just going dressed normally. And he's like, Ben, you need to have like a flowery, like Hawaiian style shirt. I was like, well, I ain't got one. So we're going to the show. And he's like, no, we're, we're going to go. So we go and we stop on the way to the show and we go into a retailer that was selling these things and they were not very well made. It's, but, but I put this thing <laughs> on and we go to the show and by nighttime, I'm like, dude, I think I got somber. And he's like, looking at, it, he's like, you didn't get somber. And then I like lifted up my, my uh, shirt on my back and the shirt was so thin that I had bought. (laughs) We were outside in the Atlanta side. I got sunburned through this cheap Hawaiian shirt, but I had a great time even despite that. No, it's funny. I remember one time driving to the concert. So you're backed up and everybody's, you know, going to the same thing. And, you know, this car next to us had an enormous blow up of a shark, you know, on the top of their rooftop and inside were four ladies they must have been in their 70s and they had the you know the hawaiian shirts on too and they were just talking and laughing and and i thought 
I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. Seeing all different walks of life, um, just blowing off steam for a day, and uh, and mm-hmm. just it's a it's a it's a great time. If you haven't been to one, you should, you yeah. know, not you, but but anyway, listening, you should really go. It's, yeah. Don, don't forget Margaritaville. Don't forget Margaritaville. So, just a couple more questions here, Laura, uh, for, uh, for this episode here. But when when's the time you had a twist or failure in your career, and how did it lead to your success or growth on down the road? You know, I, I'd probably say it was the time that I was again here in, in South Carolina with the electric utility. You know, I'd been bouncing along for you know ten years there, heading up corporate communications, was getting you know very settled in the role, of course, and. There wasn't much of a challenge, but I was really enjoying it. And I, it was a twist of, of fate that they asked me to pivot into a role heading up HR. And I had never done that before. Uh, the person there was retiring. And it was a real choice I had to make. Hmm. Um, you know, I had all, again, I wanted to be in communications my whole life. I was, really loved that space. And so the idea of, of leaving that to try something I hadn't done before was, was a real big risk. Hmm. And and I took it, you know. I, I again, I really believe you only get one shot around this this rock, if you will. And you know, I think if you're either always growing and learning, or you're slowly dying. And so I took it, and and I had a lot to learn. You know, I mean, I I really deferred to the team who had the expertise, and then mm-hmm. tried to tried to lean in on the you know, strategy and feedback from. You know, a lot of people from the organization on what needed to be done. Um, but that's probably where I grew the most when I was mm. really uncomfortable. I mean, there were days coming home where I really didn't know if I took the right role and if it was the mm. right thing for me. And mm. that that was an important time of my career growth. When you learn how much you don't know and and you got to make an internal kind of fortitude gut check on you know, is this what you want to do or not? So I, I leaned in harder, got to uh, learn a lot more about the HR space, you know, uh, get involved with outside organizations, mm-hmm. uh, with Sherm and others. And I learned that, that I really enjoyed it. I mean, the ability to, to work with people, help them grow and advance in their career and learnings is, is probably the, the best career experiences that I've had. And so now to be able to shape that on an even larger scale, mm-hmm. it helps both the employees and the business, um, it's great career fulfillment. Yeah, and a lot of great messages in that story. One of the things is, and I think this can help people a lot in Parkland too, is you grew up sort of in the communications business. So you you knew. So by the time you were like a senior leader in that role, you knew it. My I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like you knew it nuts to bolts. Like you knew it from the ground up. Yeah. And then when you got into HR, you came in at a senior level. But you hadn't had all that experience of growing up in the HR world. Mm-hmm. So it's like leading people where you don't know every single little detail. And people in Parkland, um, to think about that too for themselves, right? You may be leading people or even talking to people where you don't understand all the little intricacies of the role. Uh, but you can do it. Is there what? was there a certain key mindset that you brought to that? It sounds like it was just a growth mindset. Like, I don't know all the HR stuff, but I can learn it and I can lead these people. I don't know what, what, what is no, it? I would agree. I, I went into it with a high degree of vulnerability. It, uh, you know, there's uh, one word I could uh, put on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people that know me, I think would, would say that I'm a pretty honest person. I'm a pretty open 
person. And, um, you know, I was very cognizant of the fact that, that I couldn't come in as, as a credible HR leader because I wasn't, mm. but mm. I could try to come in as a credible leader, um, nice. being very vulnerable and open to what I don't know and admitting that. And again, relying on all the great folks that were there that did. And so sometimes it's, it's really giving space to that of, you know, I, I don't need to be the smartest person in the room, um, but do need to listen to those and, and build a collective team with those around us. And, you know, I think that's a lot of that is what leadership is, right? Building trusting mm. relationships, leaning on everybody's strengths and skill sets and working together as a team. Um, so being able to be in some meetings and say, look, you know, I'm not the expert on this thing, but, but what do you think? And what do you think? And then empowering them uh, to go out and do that to me, to me was the big successes. Yeah. Great advice here. Great guidance for everyone here at Parkland. Laura, thanks for coming on the show today. I think this is so, this went so well. Let's have you back next week. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Ben. Your health matters. Sitting all day isn't great for our health and incorporating physical activity into your day helps counteract that. Our motion program is open to all employees and literally pays you to walk. You earn free money by walking a certain number of steps per day. This money is applied to your HSA bank account and can be used directly to pay for any doctor's visits, prescriptions, or anything else you'd use your health insurance for. The maximum amount of money you can earn over the year is $1,100. Many of our employees have lost significant weight, gotten healthier, and even slept better since they joined Motion. Reach out to your dispatcher and people and culture manager for information on how to get started. It's that easy. Thanks for listening to the Winning Drive Podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode soon.